My name is Christy, and if you haven't been to, have, has anyone been to other topical classes before? Okay, couple. I feel like this is going to be different, just because I'm putting kind of my own little spin on it. So, the topic is freedom from food, and my background is I am a dietitian, registered dietitian, and so I get to work with a lot of people through some of these things on a daily basis. I'm going to give some practical tips, I guess you could say, as well as obviously the focus of this is more the spiritual side of things. Just like how we can incorporate both of those because God really wants to be involved in every area of your life. So we don't have to try to do all this stuff on our own. And I think everybody might be here for, you know, there can be a lot of reasons (laughs) why food is a struggle for a lot of people. So we can be all over the place, you know, as far as like where we're at inside. So I'm just trusting that God's going to do everything he needs to do in your hearts. Like I said, it can just go a lot of angles. I'm just letting him do what he wants to do tonight. It was kind of cool putting it together as I literally had nothing <laughs> until just like a couple of weeks ago. I just kept thinking like, I don't know. I have ideas, but at the same time, it just wasn't coming together. And just kind of piece, just sat down and just kind of like helped me put the pieces together. So I'm excited to see what, you know, where it's going to go with it. So I'm going to pray, pray for a minute and then we'll get started. Father, just Thank you for this day. Thank you for every person that's here tonight that you have brought here for a specific purpose. You knew who's going to be here tonight, Lord, and you know their their needs and what's on their hearts. I just pray that you will just speak through me, use me, however you need to, Lord, to have your love just reach reach out into everyone's lives, Lord. I just pray that your truth will come out, and then I just speak against any lies or anything from the enemy tonight, that your love and your truth will be what comes out. Um, I just thank you for what you're doing and for everything else and for keeping everyone safe through the night and just for getting them here safe as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So a lot of what I like to use examples for a lot of things. That's how I learn and that's how I teach. So (laughs) I want to start with my story. Um, as a dietitian, and one of the reasons why I have such passion about this particular topic is because I've gone through it myself. And they always say in freedom ministry, free people, free people. So, you know, if you haven't experienced that freedom, you're going to be, it's going to be hard to be able to share that with other people. So I remember going through this particular struggle with food, thinking in this moment, one day when I get through this, God is going to use this to help other people. And just like, you know, going through that was, was rough, but just knowing that this is, I'm going to get through this, God's going to get me through it. For me, growing up, we were a very closed family. So we didn't really talk about emotions or thoughts or feelings or anything like that. Um, so I just, and I didn't really even know what that looked like because I just didn't grow around it, grow up around it. So I could just kept things in. I was extremely shy I'd like to hide in the corner and not have anyone talk to me, you know, just like clinging to people. Didn't, and this was all the way up through college, like just didn't like crowds, didn't like talking to people, didn't like being in front of people, nothing like that. It's a miracle that I'm up here today. So, you know, just keeping that closed in, I didn't really have any way to 
get my emotions out or even just to know what I'm feeling because I didn't even allow myself to. So for, through college, you know, it was school and I played basketball in college. So it was really focused on that. And that was kind of my drug, if you will, that I just drowned everything out with. But once I was done with school, I had no time you know, or I had all kinds of time, no time that was taken. Besides work, I was just by myself. I was living in a small town, didn't have a whole lot of friends. So food was super easy. And it's, it started off, you know, not that big of a deal, just kind of having these little binges on food and thinking, gosh, what, what did I just do that for? You know, <laughs> and then just kept getting worse and worse. And, and I'm thinking, I'm a dietitian. <laughs> I should be perfect. You know, <laughs> what am I doing? I, and then I, so I got all the junk out of my house, but I'd still find a way to make something, you know, that I could eat. So just the, got to the point where I started talking to a friend and she's like, I think you need to get some help. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, oh no, that's counseling's for crazy people. You know, I'm not crazy. <laughs> so I ended up going and, you know, she, she just kind of asked questions to get me thinking, realizing like, wow, I have a lot of anxiety in my life and it was uncomfortable to not eat because I didn't know how to deal with it. And it was just that protective mechanism because I didn't know how to I was basically being my own comforter because I didn't know how to deal with anything any emotions or anything that was going on and then the second thing about that too was just knowing a lot about food gets I mean I was just more obsessed about it you know knowing what's the best foods to eat what's the best diet to follow and oh I want to look a certain way because maybe that'll help me meet more friends or you know meet a guy and all these things so there was like two focuses to it. One was just this obsessive restriction of being afraid and feeling guilty of eating certain foods. And then there was this other one where it was just using it as that, that comfort to fill those holes that I was trying to fill. So food was an escape. And I love what my, my coworker, um, or when I... I actually did get to my goal, if you will, as far as like where I wanted my weight and being in shape on these restrictive diets. And I just remember being in that moment like, I'm the same. (laughs) I got to my goal, but I'm the same person and I have the same problems. (laughs) And I still can't make friends because I still can't talk to people. (laughs) You know, it didn't change my personality. It didn't change any of that. And so it was just kind of that light bulb moment. You know, I always ask people, you know, why, why do you want to get to this goal? Like, what is your why? Because that determines a lot, you know, what's your motivation and, and how that's going to affect you. And uh, one of the things my coworker says a lot, she always says, wherever you go, there you are. <laughs> you know, I'm like, that is so good and so true. Wherever you go, there you are. You know, we try to run away and escape from things. We try, if this, then that, you know, and we just go to all these different things. And unless you're getting the true source of what you need, everything's going to be the same. You know, if I move here, if I get this job, all these environmental things, right? Um, This is a, we'll get into a little bit more, but there's these different levels here that they go through in the Freedom Foundation classes but essentially everything is affected top down. And we always try to work on these bottom things. I don't know if you guys can see that from over there. When I kind of got to the bottom of things, God just started showing me, okay, you have this anxiety. I want to take that from you. And anxiety is a root of fear, 
And so he brought this verse to mind, and you've probably all heard it, for God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he has given us spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And that's, that's that truth that comes in. You know, the lie was, I have this fear, I need to protect myself. And this is God's truth. Every time I started feeling that anxiety, I would say this and physically could feel peace come on me, speaking that truth. Because I believe those lies that nothing, you know, if I didn't do this, then, you know, all these things were going to happen. So I was trying to make myself into something, and that was causing a lot of anxiety because you can't control everything. He's not asking for perfection, He's asking for your heart. And I remember another moment, too, with this other particular sin that I was struggling with, just something I was really wanting to break. And I just, I knew it wasn't what God wanted, but I just at the same time was like, I can't, <laughs> I just can't break this. And I remember sitting on my couch just crying out to God, and I, I just saw this picture of him, like sitting next to me, looking over at me, tears coming down his face. And I just knew in that moment, he, it was, he was sad, and not because I was sinning, not because um, he was disappointed in me or he was condemning me, but I just knew it was because, you know, he wanted to be in this place in my heart that this was. And then that, it, it was an instant. I just, my heart broke because his heart was broke. <laughs> and that it lost a hold on me in that moment. Like, I never had a problem with it in that moment, just knowing wow, you, you want to have this place in my heart that much. You know, it makes you sad. And he wasn't there, like I said, to condemn. He just wanted that spot in my heart. And was reminded of this verse from Hosea 6.6. 6, For I desire and delight in steadfast love, rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. We try, and, and we can relate this right to food and dieting. And God brings that to my mind all the time when it comes to grace and works, grace and works. We try and try and try, and we're getting nowhere. <laughs> and we can use the same, I don't think people think about it when they think about eating and food. God wants to be involved, like I said, in every area of your life, especially with food. So, where do you even start, right? Again, very well-known verse. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. <laughs> so I like to explain, this is kind of part, more part of the practical side, the physiology of eating as well, because um, I think that also is freeing for some people just to realize how certain foods can affect them. We have, I know probably everyone else always thought of food as addicting, and there are actual studies showing that it has the same addictive properties that drugs and alcohol does. It triggers those same pleasure centers in your brain, so it has that same reward pathway. And those, the type of foods that trigger the pleasure center, it's not all food. It's certain types of foods. Um, and those are things that are high in sugar. <laughs> what else? Fats. Type, yeah, the higher sugar carbs um, and salt. So like the top three things. Um, and I had someone explain it to me, a um, physician, how, uh, you know, when you have one, say you have like a sugary food, it's kind of like a firework going off in your brain. 
and then you have sugar and salt, it's like ooh, two fireworks, but you get them all three together. It's like the grand finale. <laughs> um, so it has that stronger pull. Um, but I think the beautiful thing about that is these foods are not foods that God made. If you're eating foods the way that God made them, it's not all carbs. It's the processed carbs with the sugars in them where they take all the fiber and all the good stuff out. I have yet to see somebody binge on a bag of apples or even baked potatoes. Potato chips, yeah, uh, but you know, even brown rice, black beans, you know, these are all carbs. I would like to see somebody try to overeat those things. <laughs> and it, he has made it so that we can, those mechanisms in our body, we have hunger and fullness hormones that regulate our appetite. And so these type of foods that haven't been processed actually let our body work the way it's supposed to. We can feel full more. Um, when you eat those more sugary, high-fat, salty foods, it actually bypasses that hunger and fullness system that we have. So your brain's telling you, this is awesome, and your body's telling you, I'm not hungry, keep eating. So there is something to also, you know, your food choices that can really help with some of those cravings that we get for foods. And just knowing that too, you know, if you have a food in your house that you can't stop eating, you have a hard time with it, might be something to take out for a little while, you know? Um, so we'll get to that too. But um, so yeah, we have these hunger and fullness hormones and there can be some things that can alter that as far as metabolically that can throw those off as far as like your hunger and fullness goes and that's more, you know, medical side of things. So some people really just feel hungry all the time. So there's sometimes there's physiological things that are going on that can affect that too, where um, people just feel guilty, you know, I'm hungry all the time. I can't stop eating when I eat this. And so you feel like a failure. And that's why I like to explain this because it's truth. And it's, again, that truth sets you free. And I want people to understand, no, you're not a failure. <laughs> you know, it's just understanding what's going on and then what can we do from there. Yeah, there's, there's genetics. And that's, that's difficult, too. You know, when you see two people eating the same thing and one person struggles with weight, the other person doesn't, there's a lot, a lot of other things involved. And so, again, it makes you feel like there's something wrong with me. I'm a failure. I must be doing something wrong. Um, and so that really just affects the, and just your self-image, you know, and all of those things, getting back again to some of those environment things. So releasing that guilt and shame and feeling of failure um, is one of those first steps. So again, practical tips, being that we have those hunger and fullness hormones, use it. God gave that to you for a reason. If you truly eat when you're hungry and stop when you are, I don't like to use the word full, I like to use the word satisfied, that is your own internal portion control. You don't have to count any calories. <laughs> it's the most freeing thing I ever heard. I was like, what? I can just eat and not have to think? <laughs> just pay attention. And so that takes practice because we've ignored it for so long. Tune into your body. And if you really can tune into that hunger and fullness, that's a really great way to start eating to what your body needs. And you'll also begin to start realizing 
the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger. Because physical hunger is a physical feeling. Emotional hunger is just like, I call it heart hunger. You just want it. it tastes good, sounds good, smells good. <laughs> I saw it on the TV, suddenly I want, you know, suddenly I'm hungry. <laughs> I had a patient once that she just was like, I'm just hungry all the time. Just all the time I'm hungry. It's like, okay, let's talk about that, you know, asking some questions. And it was always at nighttime. And more so like when she got closer and closer to bedtime. And just kind of asking, you know, what's going on? How are you feeling? What's going on through the day? And she's like, well, it must be hunger because when I eat, I feel better. I was like, what if <laughs> you have, you know, that's anxiety because she explained, basically what she explained is she's having all these anxiety things, but no, that wasn't happening at this point. And I was like, what if your eating is calming your anxiety and that's helping you go to sleep and making you feel better? And it was like the light bulb just went off. You know, she's like, that's exactly what, you know, exactly what was happening. She was having a lot of anxiety and that was making her feel better and helping her go to sleep. And so she thought it was just hunger. So tuning into your hunger and fullness can really help you identify those situations where you're using food that you didn't realize you were. Um, and nighttime's a big one because a lot of things is shut off through the day. So you're not thinking, you're not busy, you're not thinking about it. So a lot of people struggle always. It's, well, I do fine until I get home. And then it's downhill from there. So it gives you that opportunity to stop and, okay, God, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? What, you know, what do I really need? Because I'm not physically hungry, so I don't need food, but I need something. So it gives you the opportunity to start talking to God about it. So use that hunger and fullness. I, I love, this is one thing that really helped me was another thing too, like a lot of people don't like waste food. So it's sitting on their plates, so they just want to eat it all. I love this phrase I read in a book. It said, either way, it's a waste, whether you eat it or you throw it away, because it ends up on your waist. <laughs> Every time I think about that, I'm like, you're right. I can throw this away, because I don't want to be a human garbage disposal. <laughs> What's the difference? You know, just throw it in the trash. But think about it, too. The uh, 1 Corinthians 6.19, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property. You were bought with a price. So then, honor and glorify God with your body. And this is one way we can do that, by following those, that system that he gave us to eat and not using food where God wants to be. He wants to be part of that. Another area, too, that helps being... I guess you call it mindful eating, but is just to make sure you're eating regularly and being focused while you're eating. We're just talking, about, I'll give you a practical example today where I did not do this because I had to get right from work to here and I just shoveled food in my mouth and I got here like, I ate way too much because I ate too fast. <laughs> but if you slow down, it does take, you know, a good 15, 30 minutes for your stomach to tell your brain I'm done. So, and any, I mean, everybody's experienced that where you eat too fast, you walk away like, ooh, ate too much, um, but you don't realize it right away. Another thing that happens is if you skip meals, go too long without eating, your hunger hormones actually skyrocket and they stay high through the day. So if you skip lunch or breakfast, you get home from dinner, you have dinner and you think, I should be full from what I ate. 
and you keep eating all through the night because your hunger hormones are up. So eating consistently can also help um, balance some of those hunger hormones out a lot more. And just planning, you know, making sure you've got meals and things to eat through the day. Make sure you're sitting down and focusing on your food, like I said, so you're not just shoveling it in. <laughs> and a good verse for that one too, Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, work from the soul. That is, put in your very best effort as something done for the Lord and not for men. You know, put a focus into what you're doing. Like I said, even, even your diet, everything you do can be done for God. Even what, what you plan for the, for the menu that week. Um, and just making sure that you're, you're doing what God wants you to do to take care of your body. Another good tip, which I mentioned earlier, is get out your danger foods. I think everybody knows what I mean when I say danger foods. <laughs> Mine is ice cream. <laughs> and I probably should stop saying I'm an ice creamaholic because we're not supposed to say those things, but <laughs> I need to break that. <laughs> but I just know that that's, you know, my go-to in my weaknesses is ice cream. So if I have, I just don't buy it. And, and again, it can be just for a period of time, but looking at the verse in Matthew 18, 8, if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble and sin, cut it off and throw it away from you. Uh, that is, remove yourself from the source of temptation. It is better for you to enter life crippled or lame than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into everlasting fire. If your eye causes you to stumble and sin, pluck it out and throw it away from you. That is, remove yourself from the source of temptation. It is better for you to enter life with only one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fiery hell. God's serious about that, right? And again, we don't think about food as being these big temptations, but we can put ourselves sometimes in those situations. But keep in mind... No temptation has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. Nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance, but God is faithful. He is compassionate and trustworthy, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide a way out as well, so you will be able to endure it without yielding and to overcome temptation with joy. And then the last piece of more, like I said, those practical tips is being realistic. Keep that long-term focus with, with whatever you're planning to do. I know there's a lot of, we're not going to get into what's the best way of eating, but um, I love, um, does anybody know Otis and Carrie Crawford? Part of the Freedom Minister, he was, I hope, uh, he'll be okay with me sharing this, but he, I was, we were talking about food and he just mentioned to me, that he literally, God showed him a diet plan to follow. And he started following it and started losing weight. And I was like, that is awesome. <laughs> like, who best to get a diet plan from than God? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and everybody's a little different, you know, with what you need. But um, I thought that was just it. I was like, that is so cool. I was like, you need to write a book. <laughs> you know, God's diet. But ask, you know, let God be involved in that and, you know, find that piece. You can, you know, you could do some readings on some of the the diets out there, or the research on it. What, you know, God, what what do you want me to follow? What What's the best for me? I always go back to, you know, what is in the Bible that people ate? You know, Jesus ate fish. So I don't feel like I need to be a vegan. 
and Jesus ate bread, so I don't feel like I need to cut out all my grains. <laughs> That's my own philosophy. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, in Hosea 4, 6, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You know, so get, get educated on what's the best foods, what's going to work for you. And like I said, get, like, follow Holy Spirit on, on where he wants you to go with that. Because really, things do work differently for different people. I've seen it all the time. So the second half, we have our physical cravings, and we have our spiritual cravings. And this is where, so we're kind of like gone through these, this area, environment, and working into behaviors and beliefs. And this is where we need to focus on renewing the mind and taking those lies, replacing them with truth. So I have a few examples of some common lies I have said, and I've heard a lot of other people say, I already blew it. I, I already blew it, so I might as well just keep going. eat the whole rest of the box of cookies mm-hmm. and start tomorrow. That's a lie. That leads to, that's a belief that leads to a behavior. Everything comes from a belief. I'll start tomorrow. <laughs> That's also, a, you know, it's, it's something that you're believing. Yeah, I'm going to start tomorrow. So that affects what, how you behave the rest of that day. And that happens every day. And you have like last suppers every day. Or, uh, again, another common, I'm never going to fill in the blank, eat well. I'm never going to lose weight. I'm never going to be able to stick to the plan. I'm never going to resist these temptations. I had uh, another patient example where I was working with her for quite some time, on and off for a couple years. She's coming in for weight loss, and we set these great goals, and she comes in, and, okay, I'm struggling here, I'm struggling here, just never really, like, sticking to our plan. And so we'd mix it up, try to work on something else, and finally I just said to her, you know, have you ever told yourself that you're never going to be able to do this? And she was like, oh, yeah, all the time. I was like, oh, <laughs> we're working on the wrong problem here. <laughs> but can you imagine like what that's going to do to all of her behaviors and how she's thinking about, can I get to my goal? Can I not get to my goal? Even just like getting up off the couch and going for a walk, buying these new foods, because in the back of her mind, she's not thinking it's going to work anyway. So why make the effort? So there's a lot of these little things in the back of our mind that drives our own sabotaging behaviors. So we'll, we'll talk about those at the end, too, to, to break those lies. Um, you know, a few others, and some of these are real simple. Like, it doesn't have to be some kind of deep thing. I have to clean my plate. That's a belief that a lot of people have a hard time breaking. <laughs> and like I said, that one truth of the waste in the waste was enough to break that for me. Carbs are fattening. And so people feel guilty or bad about eating carbs. Like I said, there's different, not all carbs are, are bad carbs, and I don't even like to call anything bad, but you just get these like all or nothing th- thoughts. Once I eat a potato chip, I'll never be able to stop. What do you think is going to happen when you eat a potato chip? I always gain weight during the holidays. I'm a carboholic, or it's my genetics. I'll exercise more tomorrow to make up for this cake I'm eating today. You know, we got all these, these thoughts that just lead us right into these sabotaging behaviors. Does anybody ever, other, have other ones that are common thoughts that, or other things they've heard? 
Yeah, I'm on vacation, so yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's, it's so, in, isn't it amazing how those thoughts can really just, I even just, um, you know, after we do the fast at the beginning of the year, my weight comes down, of course, you're cutting out all this food, and so I'm like, eh, I don't need to worry about anything, you know, so I just kind of like went crazy, I was like, oh, you know, my weight went down, I wasn't even trying, so I just was like allowing myself to eat all the garbage just because like this one trigger was like, I can eat anything and I won't have a problem. That was my thought. And so that's what I did. But then I got on the scale, I was like, oh shoot, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> but it's just amazing how those little thoughts can really start leading to these behaviors. And so it's just starting and just take that to God. Lord, what is your truth about this? Or if you don't know what's driving it, ask him to show you. Is there is there a lie or something that I'm believing that's triggering me to do this? In Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. And like I said, he wants to be a part of this with you. That's part of his plan is to take you through this and work you through these situations. And again, Romans 8.13, For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body, and will really live forever. Um, And I like how it says habitually. You know, it's not something you just do one time. (laughs) You're habitually putting that to death. You're telling it where it needs to go. (laughs) Yeah, just like the verse about, you know, when I was having anxiety. That's exactly what I was doing. God did not give me a spirit. You know, I wanted to just go eat a box of cookies, you know, (laughs) because I was having this anxiety. God did not give me a spirit of fear power, love, and sound mind, and just stating it. And has anybody, have any of you been to the the talk when Caroline Leaf was here? Um, Caroline Leaf, um, she she's like a doctor, I don't know exactly what her title is, but kind of like neuroscientist. But she was talking about just how you can actually change the structure of your brain by the things that you say and read, and just the power of saying them out loud and how that actually can change the structure of your brain. Yeah, Caroline Leaf. L-E-A-F. Yep, yep, like a tree leaf. (laughs) Um, Great, yeah, it's great research. She actually has a whole book on nutrition, too, that I wrote down. Um, So all these verses have a purpose. (laughs) These weren't just ones I just looked up somewhere. Um, I can give them to you, Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. If you put your email down there. Yeah, his... He knows what we want more than, like, we think we want food. <laughs> you know, we think we want this, but what we really want is what only he can give us. You know, and that's truly what our heart's desire is. And, you know, sometimes when you don't get what you want, you know, I get mad at God, like, just give me this right now. Like, you said you'd give this to me. And he's like, no, because if I gave that to you right now, you're not going to get what you really, really do want, which is this over here, and you got to go this way to get there, you know. <laughs> um, he knows, yeah, he knows what what our true heart's desires are. And that's what comes from this. And this is kind of the, the last piece is what I, what I tell people is what's your why? You know, we've talked about all these other ones. 
talked about, you know, fixing your environment. That can be very helpful. And working on some of those behaviors to help yourself out, working on some of those limitations, working on those thoughts. And you can do really well with that. And most uh, psychologists and counselors stop here. You know, just change the way you think about something and everything else will be good. But what feeds into that? It's your identity. And that is the core of what God wants to speak to. But yeah, knowing what is, you know, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to lose weight and be healthy. You know, obviously that's, that's something God wants for us too. But deep down, is that really what your goal is? Is that really where all your motivation is coming from? What is your identity? You know, what is your identity feeding into this situation? Are you feeding off of God, what God says about you or what the world is putting in? And again, I love this phrase from freedom, the foundations class. Freedom is not the absence of something, but the presence of someone. And that's what we try to do is, I want to fix this behavior. And you just focus on it. You focus on it and focus on it. What you, what you meditate on and focus on, you glorify. You know, you're glorifying these problems, not God. So when we, you know, seek first the kingdom of God, and then all these things will be added to it. Yep, yeah, it's not trying, freedom isn't trying to fix these problems, these addictions, these issues that are holding me down. Freedom is letting God in, because when you let him in, these just fall away. And that's exactly what happened when I was was having my binge episodes for about anxiety, and God started speaking to my heart about the, why are you afraid? Where is this coming from? He started speaking to me. I didn't have to try to stop eating. I didn't even want it. It no longer controlled me in that way because God came in and spoke to me. It wasn't me trying to keep the food out of my house and all these things, which are good things that we talked about, but the bottom line was he wanted that place in my heart, and once he got in, I didn't have to try. Yeah, that's what he wants. Seek first, the Amplified, but first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude and character of God, and all these things will be given to you. You don't have to try to do all these behavior changes when God comes in into that area of your life. It'll just, yes, he will, he will give you that strength that you need to, to do that. It's where, where is this coming from? And like I said, that top piece is that identity. It's that blueprint of what is God's heart for you. And it leaks into everything, just kind of leaks down, leaks down, leaks down. And um, we get caught in this one all the time, the behavior one. And if, if you've been to the freedom class, they talk about if you try to, ha- you know, change your thoughts and your feelings to change your thoughts and your feelings, and so you arm wrestle yourself. <laughs> and when you arm wrestle yourself, and one of them loses, or, and you win, one, you, you also lose at the same time. <laughs> so we just kind of fight with ourselves, you know, with these thoughts and feelings. But again, it's going back to letting God be the one who's speaking to that. So who does God say we are? Again, what is, what is that driving force that's coming from our identity that's, that's not the truth that's driving some of these behaviors? Um, and I think one of the, I just kind of wrote down some that I felt like 
just the ones that were coming to my mind, you know, that were some of those common ones that people struggle with um, when it comes to food and, and health is, like I said, feeling like a failure. I can't do this. I haven't been able to tackle this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And what does God say about that? Taking that, that lie and renewing your mind where it says that we are more than conquerors. Again, Romans 8. Uh, Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us so much that he died for us. For I am convinced and continue to be convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor nor things present and threatening, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the unlimited love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And again, you know, if, you, if any of these are like really, you know, God's highlighting them to you, go there and just let that be part of that renewing of your mind and let that sink in. Let him speak to you about that. Um, another common one, too, is just, you know, we talked about sometimes there are physiological things that are also affecting weight loss and, and the way that we're eating um, or, you know, and just sickness in general that um, can really be discouraging. Um, but God says, you know, we're made new. What does God say about that? Psalm 103, you mentioned, 10, mentioned Psalm 103, and I thought about this when you were saying it. The first part of, part of verse 1 through 5, Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and all that is deep within me, bless his holy name. Bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who forgives all your sins, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you lavishly with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the soaring eagle. Isaiah 53, 5. He was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our wickedness. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes we are healed. Jeremiah thirty seventeen, For I will restore health to you, and I will heal your wounds, says the Lord, because they have called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion. No one seeks her, and no one cares for her. I mean, I can go on forever <laughs> with verses, you know, about healing and how God wants you to be healed. Um, and that could be something that, you know, even today we can pray for. And another also common one is just feeling unaccepted because of Again, that feeling of, I don't like how I look or I want to be a certain weight. You start to start putting up those walls and feeling like nobody wants to be around me. And those are just lies from the devil. You know, those need to be cut down. And so, again, what does God say about that? And again, in Romans 8, (laughs) um, verse 14, For all who are allowing themselves to be led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we joyfully cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies and confirms together with our spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And if we are his children, then we are his heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his spiritual blessing and inheritance. If indeed we share in his suffering, so that we may also share in his glory. We are his. 
And anytime somebody tries to tell you otherwise, <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> this is, you know, this is that verse. Put that in your soul, spirit. Put that in your soul and let God speak to you in the area. This, and this was a big one for me. I mean, this could be a whole other topical class, <laughs> you know, is loving yourself. And that was something that God really started showing me. Look, I made you a certain way. I didn't make you to be like that person. You don't need to be like that person. You know, I hated my personality. I hated, like, just, again, the way that I talked. and the, Even my interest, I was embarrassed to share what I liked. You know, like, I like Star Wars, and I don't want to say it because that's weird. You know, this was before Star Wars was cool. <laughs> you know, all these things that I was just so self-conscious about. And God, he just told me, like, no, I made you this way, to look this way, to be in this family, to have this personality, to have your interests, to have your skills, everything for a very specific purpose. And I am going to judge you for that, not for what this person's got to do. Um, you have your assignment. He's given us, you know, the, the, the parable with the talents. You know, he's given us something to do, and that's, that's our job, not to worry about what other people are doing. And so that just, just kind of let me, it, re, it was released me from this fear of other people, knowing that, oh, I'm exactly how I'm supposed to be, you know, and that's good. And another verse in Ephesians 2.10, we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And a couple other verses just about, like, again, comparison and just knowing who you are individually, too. Um, in Second Corinthians 5, So from now on we regard no one from a human point of view, according to worldly standards and values. Though we have known Christ from a human point of view, now we no longer know him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. Um, and then Second Corinthians 10, it also talks about the more individuality. We do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves with some who supply testimonials to commend themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom and behave like fools. We, on the other hand, will not boast beyond our proper limit, but we will keep within the limits of our commission, which God has granted us to as a measure which reaches and includes even you. You know, he loves us enough. Sometimes we want that instantaneous, like, I just want this to be done. And I'm going through something right now where it's, I feel the same way. I'm like, just, I'm just like, what is it? What is it? <laughs> I want him to just give me that word that's going to fix it, you know, like everything else before. <laughs> But he showed me, you know, like, I'm just, you know, this is going to be a refining process for you. So sometimes there's that momentary, I'm just going to really speak truth in this area, instant kind of freedom. And, and there's nothing wrong with either one. But just, you know, I felt like share, you know, he wanted me to share that sometimes it's just this refining process that he wants to take you through. And not because it's a punishment, but because, you know, this is exactly when God was showing me this. It was like, God loves me enough. To not give me what I think I need, but what he knows I need to get what I truly desire. And he knows that that, that that means getting close to him and clinging to him through this, 
Because if he just gave me what I needed, I'd walk off on my own and think I could do it on my own. Because I can't. And he knows that. So he's not going to do it. <laughs> so I, there's this verse, Psalm 51.6, that just really stuck, stuck out to me. And in my, um, I have all these notes in my actual Bible. But it says, Behold, you desire truth in the innermost being. And in the hidden part of my heart, you will make me to know wisdom. And what stuck out to me is like when I started really looking up these words in the Greek, it says, behold, you desire truth. And the words really are more delight and faithfulness. And in the hidden part of my heart, it means like closed up places. So these parts where it's like, God, I'm just having a hard time letting you in there. Like, like you said, I, I just don't want to give this up right now. <laughs> my will and your will are not coming. And it's like this closed up place. It's like, in the closed up places, you will make me to know wisdom. He's not going to let that stop him. And that word know is the word yada, which is that intimate knowledge, that intimate knowing. He's going he's gonna to get it in there, <laughs> even though we feel like we've got these shut up places. And that to me was just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> Because there are just some parts where I just I feel like you're never getting in here. <laughs> but he's going to get into those shut up places. We have a few minutes left. I want to take a little prayer time. And this is the focus of Freedom Ministries is let God speak directly to you. I could say things all day and it sounds good in our heads. Um, but God wants to say something right to your hearts. Let me start with um, one more verse here. This is in the Passion Translation. 2 Corinthians 10. For although we live in the natural realm, we don't wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break every thought, every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture like prisoners of war every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. But... We can demolish every deceptive fantasy that opposes God and break every arrogant attitude that raises up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. Don't think that you're stuck. Don't think he's not going to speak to it. Don't think this can't be broken. That lie needs to be broken right now, too. Um, So let us pray. Let me just start with um, asking God. Just take a moment and ask him, God, how do you view me? Give me a healthy perspective of my body. Just get into that that moment of, of listening.
and ask God if there's if there's any inner judgments or vows that you've made, any lies that you're believing that you've said I'd never or um, any of those ones that kind of, if any came to your mind earlier, just ask him to show you if there's any of those strongholds set up of those lies. Um, And if he's showing anything, just confess those to him and break your agreement with those. If there's anyone that you need to forgive through it, give them that forgiveness. And then ask God for his truth in that, in that situation. And receive it. And receive it. And Lord, I just also speak to any uh, any abnormalities in anyone's body here that that might affect their hunger or their weight or anything that we've discussed today, Lord, that um, you'll just bring that into perfect alignment in Jesus' name. Um, anything that's, that's out of place, and I also just speak to any other ailments, Lord, in Jesus' name, that pain has to go, sickness has to go, all hormones will align. Lord, into your perfect plan and your perfect um, design. In Jesus' name. And I just want to end with, you know, even just thanking God for your body. Um, even just taking a few minutes and those things that maybe you don't like. <laughs> thanking them. You have a body that works. You have a body that, you have legs that, that walk, even though it might not be what you want in your mind just thanking him for what, what you do have and, and letting that be your strength. I'll finish with the Psalm 139 about thanking God for your body. O Lord, you have searched me and you have known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You understand my thoughts from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down, and you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. You have enclosed me behind and before, 
and you have placed your hand upon me. Such infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high above me. I cannot reach it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, if I dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there your hand will lead me, and your right hand will take hold of me. If I say, surely the darkness will cover me, and night will be the only light around me. Even the darkness is not dark to you, and conceals nothing from you. But the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. For you form my innermost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will give thanks and praise to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. When my frame was not hidden from you, when I was being formed in secret, and intricately and skillfully formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were appointed for me, when as yet there was not one of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I could count them, thou I would number the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for who you are. And thank you for how much you love and care about every aspect of our lives um, and every person that's here and that um, you had prepared them and, and just these words for them. And I just pray that everything of you will just be planted and rooted um, and grow into their hearts, Lord. Everything not from you would be uprooted, Lord. I just pray you continue to speak to, to everyone here um, in these areas that they came in for with tonight. Um, and that you will, you will come into their hearts um, to grant them freedom. And it's not about um, seeking freedom from something. Um, I just pray that you'll um, enforce that with us and uh, just continue to lead and guide us in who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.